Whoop, we just started recording. My bad. <laughs> I guess that's where we're going to start. And we're here. Yeah, I was going to say, this is, uh, this is us going now. In case you want to know why our audio sounds like we're right beside you, we, uh, we upgraded some tech on our end. And, um, by upgrade, I mean we were forced out because we didn't realize our free plan ended. And, <laughs> and now we're here, and we're ready to continue with the, with the cast. Uh, we're on a different software now, yeah. and it's, it's super cool. Yeah, uh, we were using what's called Zencaster before, so um, a lot of the podcasts you see out there most likely don't have the situation we have where we have to record remotely because Stoff is in Massachusetts, I'm in North Carolina, so we have to record remotely. Um, so we were using this software called Zencaster. It's a website allows you to record for free. And it was a certain number of hours. I think it was 15 or 20 hours, whatever it was, per month. You could record audio and video in separate audio tracks, and that was all we wanted. You know, so it was free, easy to use. We figured it out, and that's what we've been using for a little over a year. Um, they've made changes over time, but really nothing that affected us. This time, they decided to change what's called the hobby plan, which is what we had. You can't record anymore. Um, all you can do is host your entire podcast from Zencaster, and that's not the infrastructure that we have. Um, so yeah, just, if we were if we were you know next to each other, it, it would work. But yeah, if we were next to each other, we would just use you know, a high quality free one. So like GarageBand, cause you wouldn't need to yeah. actually do anything. We would just have like a, a camera and like our microphones recording or something and be done with it. But because we have to do the remote recording, it's a bit more complex. So we're using this new, this new platform we have to pay for, but hopefully, you know, it'll pay off and it sounds better to you guys, which it sounds better to us. So hopefully it sounds better for you guys. Um, and hopefully we can keep video recordings, um, as far as the video side of things, more consistent with YouTube and stuff like that. For those that don't know, we do post to YouTube. I got to catch up. We got to catch up on the recordings on there. But um, we do post to YouTube the full our full episodes uh, with video included. So um, check out our YouTube. It's going to be HEH Podcast, just like our actual podcast is. So check that out. Most of our listeners have always been audio focused. So that's still going to be our focus is just getting audio uploaded. But... We also upload to YouTube for the video side of things, but we have, we have one person viewing video and it's just Hamill and he's just doing it because he wants to see us. <laughs> oh, he's beautiful man. <laughs> also, before we uh, before we truly get going, we do need to test the audio. So that's <clears throat> how we always doing it. What what don't women understand about men? Cheeseburger. Ooh. <laughs> you got the bear thing too. What was the other one that I sent you the other day? It was like, uh, it was, oh, I think it was uh, Jordan Peterson. It might have been. Oh. <laughs> and talking about melanin, and he's just like, <laughs> something like that. It was so dumb. There's, oh, there's, oh, there's one with Miley too. It's like an extended version of Miley. And you know, I was trying to convince it. people that, that I wasn't crazy when I knew I wasn't. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. He's, uh, I've been watching. So with everything going on right now with like my PCT and all of that, my energy has just been absolutely in the shitter when it comes to the gym, which is expected. But something I've been doing lately that's actually been helping a lot is, um, is uh, I've been like listening to like a Joe, Joe Rogan podcast or listening to Vin Wiki. Um, I don't know if you, anybody who listens knows what Vin Wiki is. It's a, it's a YouTube channel and a platform that um, is all about, you know, supercars and 
and car stories, stuff like that. VinWiki is an app and I think a website that keeps track of like supercars. So you can see where like rare cars have been, you know, you just search by the VIN. So if you see a car in public, you can like go up to the car, type in the VIN and VinWiki and take a photo of where it's at and be like spotted in, like I'm in Charlotte, so be like spotted in Charlotte on this day. And, you know, I can see the history of that car. Um, but yeah, I listen to like car stories from them. They have all these different like salespeople and like car rental people and race car drivers. Like they had the Stig on there from Top Gear. So like, you know, I listen to those too. So like I just listen to things while I train now rather than listening to music. And it like I can still focus on training, but it just makes it easier. Like I'm more motivated to go because I'm not listening to the same music over and over again. Just because like training doesn't feel good right now, you know? It, it just, yeah. I feel sore. I feel, I'm exhausted. I, I have no energy in the gym. I'm not making any gains right now. You know, I'm not motivated to go. So it just, it makes it easier for me at least. Well, you're, you're looking wide as AF right now. So you're, you, you do have some, uh, yeah, there it is. There it is. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm, I'm back to listening to absolutely nothing in the gym. <laughs> so I'm, I'm sitting there just going, all right, you fucking, I just, I degrade myself. I just sit there and I degrade myself bitch. while the, I, yeah. It's what you deserve. <laughs> it's funny. It's funny though. So I've been, my, my girlfriend comes and lifts with me sometimes. And the only workouts we really do together are, mm -hmm. you know, we, we'll do a leg workout together, but uh, sometimes chest, but it's not like to the same degree, but I'll be saying like, I'll be trying to press the, like if I'm doing like a, like a press a chest press machine mm -hmm. and i'm like come on you fucking slut she goes like what you... <laughs> i'm talking to me <laughs> not to you me. you're not the slut i am exactly but yeah i mean it's just it's that, that's just how i've been kind of getting through it which kind of it sucks because it's like i'm putting on a lot of weight i'm over 205 pounds now so um i'm no longer under 200 because you know they catch it up to me yeah sam's like sam's who looks like Oh, if you're under 200, put on some weight, skinny bitch, like or whatever the <laughs> hell he said. Um, so I'm over, I'm well over 200 now consistently, but conditioning wise, the last time I was at this weight, I had zero visible abs, like no vascularity whatsoever. Like it's now versus the last time I was 205 is is a pretty big difference, which I'm pretty happy about. But it does suck because it's like right now with with being off everything, like I forget how much of like a superhuman I fucking am, you know, like on mm. shit, you know, it kind of sucks. Cause it's like, I'm so used to having crazy pumps and gains almost every single day and strength increases all the time, no matter what I'm eating. Um, you know, enjoying the gym where it makes me actually feel good. Like the endorphins are through the roof, but like now it's mm. none of that. Like my pumps feel like shit. Like I'm still getting a pump, but it's not nearly what it was. Um, so they feel like shit because of that. Um, you know, not making any gains really, like just kind of maintaining my strength is actually going down. It's it's more my energy than anything. It's more my energy in the gym than my strength. I just don't like, I just, it's just gone. And my joints are really feeling it too. Like that's the other thing too, is like my joints just really can't handle fucking hard training right now, which sucks. I was doing flies but yesterday you're looking my at... shoulders hurt. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, sucks. was that just because you pulled the range of motion too far back? No, I was doing the same thing I've always done. It's just, granted, the the flies were towards the end of my chest day, which, you know, there mm. are bicep movements too. So, like, it's, I'm not, like, upset. Like, I got relatively strong joints for the most part. It's just, like, before my joints could handle everything for so long. Um, 
you do got to be careful on anabolics when it comes to your joints because you know you could you could fuck up your joints because your strength and your muscles drastically increases over time and sometimes a lot of the time you end up fucking up a joint because you're pushing too hard strength wise or like you're pushing your muscles too hard but your joints can't handle it same with your ligaments that's why you see so many tears in bodybuilding and in powerlifting and all of that is because they're pushing the muscle what it can handle but not the tendon or the ligament or your joints so you got to keep that in mind but like right now it's like i'm trying to keep almost everything in mind as usual and my joints are still killing me so it just yeah, that sucks man it sucks bad but your PCT is only what a month, isn't that? Yeah. What we talked about? Right now, I today I just hit the two week mark on it, so um, I got like one more pin of HMG, and then I think I have another bottle of HCG to go through. So like realistically, I got like another week, week and a half of like the HCG to HMG left, and that's really like the bulk of my PCT, no pun intended. So um, with everything that's going on, I think probably like the end of next week. So like probably another two weeks roughly is what we're looking at. So probably about four weeks total. I did just get, so I'm on, I, I started the Riloxifene and I'm on day 10. Yes. Well, Friday was day 10 and it really actually has helped my gyno quite a bit over the counter, you know, supplement Riloxifene that has helped a bit. Tastes like shit, just like any other oral liquid, but um, that has helped. It's, it's still there a bit. But I think now that we know that taking Clomid and Reloxifene, we now know that whatever is causing my gyno currently is probably because of prolactin. So soon, probably like beginning of December, we'll get some blood work done, see where everything's at, um, and kind of address anything from there. And then probably like a couple, like two to three weeks probably from there is my guess. And then we'll probably hop back on everything potentially. It's the problem right now is just, it's like we I, I want to wait basically until we're pregnant in a, in a way and then oh, start pushing it from there. <laughs> it's it's um it's it's not fun thinking that you know I could be the problem, you know. Mm. So like wanting to get back on everything, it's like I kind of I kind of have to push it off until you know we're ready like we're fully able to or are pregnant and then I'll be able to be like, all right, now I can push it because you know, we're healthy now with the pregnancy and you know, I, I don't need to worry about my fertility anymore, all that, um, which does kind of like show some evidence that you don't need to worry about that too much because like Chris, not Christoph, freaking Seabum, same people, same, same person, basically Christoph and Seabum. I, um, I mean, can't even tell a difference. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> Stop, <you> idiot. <laughs> Seabom and his girlfriend or fiance or whenever they get married, I don't know. Um, she is pregnant too. And I think timeline wise, she must have gotten pregnant like right like beginning of prep. Because they announced it after the Olympia and they already had photos and everything taken. And where she was at was probably like month three or four. Yeah, I think she's up four when they posted. Yeah, so that would be like start of prep or like end of bulk. So either way, he was pretty heavily on anabolics. So it's still definitely doable. I mean, I know guys who their wives got pregnant at in the peak cut phase. Like everything under the sun, they're on and they still got pregnant. So, I mean, it happens. Um, 
it's just going to be easier right now while taking HMG and all of that. So just got to focus on that potential um, for a little bit until we are and then go from there. But we'll see what happens. Just sucks training right yeah. now. Well, I'll be joining you in misery next uh, next week. Next week is going to be, not like this coming week, but the week following yeah. is going to be my, obviously it's not at all the same PCT or to the same degree that yours is, but it's going to be my hop off from uh, the cycle that I ran. Mm-hmm. So we'll see, we'll see how that goes for me. Um, I'm not really feeling any, you know, you know, when your test drops, you can feel it when you know, I'm not having any cloudy days mentally. Um, so I'm not really feeling any of the side effects. Obviously, the SARMs are far less, uh, not even research, but just like anecdotally, there's way less data for, for SARMs. So it's not like there's a clear expectation of what to expect. Like, for example, like if you blast trend, we kind of know that you're going to go get a little paranoid, you know. But with SARMs, not really much data to go off of, so... We're just kind of, we've been researching. I'm a researcher. A Googler. A professional I, Googler. <laughs> WebMD advocate. <laughs> yeah. Every, everything Aficionado. you you're going to die. That's, that's the gist of what you've read. I'm going to die. Yes. The timeline is three minutes. <laughs> Ooh. But yeah, I mean, it's, when it comes to like the side effects of things, it you don't, really the only one for me that was like, right away or like almost night and day difference was my gyno and it was a bit of a buildup but it wasn't like everything else where it's like you can't really tell like you like it's like so like low if you're low test or anything like that or something like that if everything's shut you don't really feel it until you like you start you have to really think about it and it and it takes time you know so like being on Clomid and Riloxifene, it's not like right away I felt my estrogen was in the shitter, but it was like I started gradually noticing it. Um, it's like that's kind mm-hmm. of why my pumps are kind of shit right now because my estrogen is in the shitter for a reason. You know, it's all for a reason. Um, you know, it is like, you know, libido is still pretty high, all of that, but it's it's subtle things that you start noticing. It's like DHTs. Like I didn't – like when I was – get prepping and we were on Masteron, I didn't notice it right away, but like my hair was like basically falling out. And then all of a sudden, like a month in, I'm like, fuck my hair is thin, you know? Um, it's shit like that. You don't realize it until it's like pretty prominent. That's why when you were, you know, taking, when you hopped on what you hopped on, I was like telling you the side effects you could face. And like I was saying, it's not something that's going to, you're going to feel right away. It's not night and day. It's not like a flip of mm. a switch. You're you're fine one minute, the next you're not. It's like gradual. It's like after a week, you'd be like, you know what? Actually, now I think about it, I have been kind of like this lately. You know, that's kind of what ends yeah. up happening. You know, same with like like tr- like uh, with anabolics. Like you were saying, the side effect profile is way more well known. So like you kind of know what you're getting into right away, but everybody experiences it everything differently, and with different anabolics you're like okay yeah i have been kind of feeling this way so like with trend for instance i wasn't really like paranoid or angry or anything like that uh it was more like i guess i was like a little more emotional in my head 
like things bothered me way more and like certain things that built a lot more resentment for that had no reason to build resentment. Like it was just driving me, shit was just driving me nuts for no reason. Um, I was just really irritable, but I wasn't like angry. You know, I knew that this wasn't like, I knew that this wasn't like something to get angry about. It was just like, shit was just kind of bothering me. That's all it really was. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's what, that's the kind of stuff that you'll notice. It's like, hmm, all right, now that I see that this is a potential side effect, I have been kind of feeling that way actually. But there is some placebo, you know, there is some placebo with side effects. But everybody experiences things differently. You know, I was told, I was talking to one of my buddies and he said with clonin and reloxifene, he's like, keep an eye on ED, erectile dysfunction. He's like, because if your estrogen's in the shitter, it's very possible. It's going to be very hard to get hard. And yeah, I haven't experienced that thankfully, but you know, everybody experiences things differently. I know plenty of guys I've read, I don't know, but I've read in forums, plenty of guys talking about how like when they hopped on certain SARMs, their hair literally just fell the fuck out. Like it was just gone, mm. you know? So it just, everybody experiences things differently. So you gotta be careful and you gotta know the risks going into it. Yeah. And that's also why, you know, stuff like what we do being super transparent about everything just helps add to like mm -hmm. the data and the understanding. Like I think I've been super open in regard to what I'm, what I'm taking like around my friends and whatnot just to let them know like this is you know it obviously research purposes and not for human consumption mm -hmm. i'm not actually taking anything you know the whole spiel right. but um <clears throat> when i'm talking to like you know last night I had all the people over for a little housewarming thing and i <coughs> just based on the timing you know everyone was there when i was or most of the people were there when it was time for me to take my stuff because i take both of my compounds right at like the 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. window because generally that's when I was lifting. Um, so I, that's when I was uh, taking it. And so I just took all my stuff over to the table and I literally, you know, pulled it down, pulled it down. Mm -hmm. And I, one of the people that was there, I offered it to her and she didn't look up because she was looking at like her computer and she was like, oh, haha, whatever. And I was like, no, I'm serious. So he like just showing it and just having that transparency is really beneficial because you know if you know a week goes by two weeks go by and i do reflect and i notice hey maybe this was something i was going through then we can just add that to the anecdotal data and mm. i mean i'm i'm realizing it too it's the same way with you you know how you feel just so much better when you're when you're on a cycle and you when you're off you're immediately thinking about your next cycle yeah pretty much i'm already thinking about I'm already thinking about the next one. And I'm not even done with this one. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's how it goes. It's, that's why it's, it's addicting is like, I tell people it's not that like when you're on it, you don't, I mean, there's like, when you're on it, you just kind of feel normal. Like it just is like how, this is just how I feel. You know, it's just like when you're yeah. on cycle, even on like crazy shit, it's not like you, you realize you feel like a fucking gorilla, you know, it's not, you just feel normal. It's just how I feel, you know, and especially when I was doing a bulk from January to April, and then I did my prep from like May to August, basically, and then I was on my rebound from August until just about two weeks ago. So like, basically for about ten months straight, eleven months straight, my testosterone was pretty high. You know, it was not pretty, it's very high. It was literally off the charts. Like there were some tests I could that could not even read my test. So. I just got so used to it. I was just like, yeah, it's just how it is. It's just, this is just how I feel. 
you know it's just how it is and then now that i'm off it's like fuck dude i really took that for granted you know it's because mm. you get used to it and coming off it is what makes people addicted to things it's not like to these things specifically it's not being on it and then coming off it you don't get like withdrawals like yeah your hormones are all fucked up whatever but like you don't have like physical withdrawals like you do from like hard drugs where you're fucked up for three four days you come off mm. it and you're just like wow i feel like shit like it's like exactly what i'm going through it's just like wow but i don't feel like shit i feel normal I, this is how i'm supposed to feel this is what it's like to be natural yeah. you know not natural but like you know have my hormones back in a natural levels so that's when people get addicted to shit is they're like wow i don't want to feel like this anymore so they hop back on stuff and you end up taking it long term and you end up fucking your whole system up um and that's how you die you build plaque in your heart because you take anabolics for years at a time uh, and then on top of that too something that nobody fucking talks about is how oral specifically oral dht derivatives liver well yeah your liver of course but oral dht derivatives actually do have a dopamine dopamine there's a it's a long word dopamine <laughs> dopamine dopaminogenic or whatever it it adds dopamine trigger yeah, I was going to say, gives <laughs> short answer, gives you dopamine. Yeah, oral DHT derivatives literally give you dopamine to your brain, right? So when I was taking Innovar at one point, it's almost like what my Adderall does to me now where I just like enjoy life a bit more and I can focus on things a bit more. It's not quite to the same extent, but it was, it was a hint of it, right? So when I came off Innovar, I was like, wow, I'm fucking depressed. Like, this sucks. Um so nobody talks about that either you know the oral dc derivatives people are just like yeah that's just how this is just you know they don't it's all bundled together but it's like no this is different like this feels different than yeah. this um same with like trend it's like you never like you don't realize you know obviously it wasn't in arnold's day but when arnold says like you know he preferred almost training overcoming or like compared it to that it's like when you take trend it's like fuck he really actually kind of nailed it nailed it on the head like it was like when you're when i take in trend first week like probably like a couple of days after my first pin i trained and i was like fuck this feels like sex like this is so fucking good that's like larry, larry wheels made a uh, a discussion about that and he talked about when he went for his deadlift pr when he did 9 nine thirty or something like that he talked about how the day before he was not on trend mm -hmm. and he PR'd at like 8.50 or something like that. Took trend for a day or two, went back and did his 9.30 PR yeah. deadlift. Like, abs like, and he was talking about like it's night and day with that one in mm -hmm. regard to like your strength output. But obviously that one's not like a sustainable long-term one. And that's kind of like where my side of things is like, yeah, I'm already looking forward to and planning the next cycle, but it's only because I have a timetable and a date in mind for my first show. Mm -hmm. If I was just casually, like Paul and I talk about this all the time. If you're not planning to compete or do anything with it, you should not touch anything. Yeah, of course. You should, I mean, you shouldn't touch anything anyways, but if you do, it's only because you have a very specific goal and it's like, all right, you're like right now I'm planning not this coming summer, but the following summer. So a year and a half to really size up and then cut down and do a show then. And cause I just want to do one show. If I do one show, I'll be happy. Mm -hmm. Like if it goes well, sure. I'll keep trying, but just to have the experience, I want to do one and I don't want to look, you know, bad up there. So I'm going to take the time that it takes to actually get myself 
to the point of being able to step on stage. Yeah. It's like Paul and I talked about it too. Like um, the the dudes that show up to shows that unless it's a prank with the boys, but if you show up and are like actually think like you actually sign up and everything and you don't bring a good package, it's almost like it's defeating because it's like, why are you here? All these guys spent all this time to get to this point and then you are just derping around here. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to take the time and after that show, then I'll readdress everything. But, uh, that that's why, you know, making sure not to get to that addicted side of things, because if I didn't have a show in mind, I wouldn't continue doing this because otherwise that's when people start to be like getting super addicted onto it. Yeah, I mean, most guys who take anabolic studies really compete, which is kind of stupid mm. to me. It's like it's if you don't have that goal in mind, it's there's no really real point to put your body in jeopardy for that reason. Um, but yeah, I mean, when it came to like Larry Wheels' trend use, he probably used it way way more than I did. Uh, mine, I was at about 150 megs, which is like basically bottom level, like this, like the lowest you should really ever take trend. Anything below that's like no really in any point of taking it he's probably like probably 400 mix plus which is what a lot of bodybuilders end up doing during cuts is like a really high amount so i can only imagine how the fuck he felt too so like when i was talking about like the way tread made me feel it's it it, you got to take into account that like it was a very low dose in comparison to what other people talk about so when he took it and went and hit it a few days after he took it it was probably a shit ton and even just on 150 mix in one week I still felt insane differences. My strength was skyrocketing, even in prep, you know, low calories. I was still skyrocketing my, my strength overall. Um, my workouts just felt so good. Like the endorphins were just insane. Like I almost felt high while training. It was insane. I didn't, there was nothing I wanted to do but train when I was on trend. Like that's all I wanted to do. So like taking a lot more would only amplify all of that. Same with amplifying all the side effects too. How you're feeling, the emotional side of things, all that, it'll amplify everything on that end too. So there, there's a give and take with all of it. And obviously like we would love to be able to do all this stuff in a healthy way. But again, it, a lot of it does get a bad rap because of people who abuse it. You know, it's just like any drug. Mm. You know, Adderall is something that I take. You, I use it. I don't abuse it at all. There's no abuse with with Adderall for me, but you can absolutely abuse Adderall, 100. percent And that's I mean, why that's that's the college that's the college success one right there. Like yeah. so many college students do it, and during like final season mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And they that. take a lot too. Like they'll take like 40, 50 milligram pills. I take 10, um, 10 milligram pills. Yeah, because yours yours is prescribed for focus reasons. Yeah, it's for like, focus and my dopamine, my baseline dopamine. Yeah. So, and really the reason it became a controlled substance in the first place is because women were using it as a weight loss pill, a weight loss supplement, because it really actually does curb your hunger like a motherfucker. Um, when I was in prep, we pulled Adderall for multiple reasons that, you know, you hold on to fat, stuff like that. I think it's part of the reason why I'm putting on a lot more fat and water right now is because of my Adderall use. But uh, it also really curbs your hunger like crazy. Uh, when I was in prep, Sometimes when I was using it, I would try to plan my Adderall use around like my food intake so that I wasn't so hungry. So like I would try to eat it or take it like right after a meal. So that way I wasn't hungry in an hour or two. I was more hungry when I was actually supposed to eat where 
women, specifically women back in like, I think it was like the 60s and 70s, I think, were taking it to lose weight because they just were never hungry. So you just keep taking it, you're never hungry. And you're basically starving yourself without feeling it. And you end up losing all this weight and people got hurt from that. So you got to be careful with stuff like that. There are, there are so many drugs out there you can easily abuse without realizing it. There's also Suboxone too. Suboxone. Suboxone's a huge one because that's like a mm-hmm. anti-addiction, in theory, anti-addiction. You, when you're going through withdrawals or anything like that, mm-hmm. you hop on Suboxone. And it's great in moderation, but most people are coming off of an addiction. You like go on that and immediately get addicted to that. And it's, it's, that is a terrifying one. Yeah. Yeah. So boxing is really bad for exactly what you were saying stuff. It's easy to get addicted to it and it's almost always used by people with addiction problems. And it's, well, it's it's the most prescribed thing in people coming off of an addiction. Yeah. Like when you, when you check into a facility and say, I'm experiencing alcohol withdrawals, I'm experiencing, you know, anything drug related withdrawals. Suboxone is literally the first choice that they do. Yeah. And something that plays into it too is addiction and abuse oftentimes is almost like weaved into you genetically. Um, people don't want to talk about that. People want to, I mean, it is like, you know, taking things or ingesting things is, yes, it is a choice, but also the way your brain makes that choice will vary from person to person. And if you're genetically predisposed to an addictive personality, an addictive brain, it's harder to say no to things Mm -hmm. like drugs. And so like, that's why for me personally, I never say like, I disagree that addiction is a disease because a disease is something that you catch. It's something that it is no, you have no choice. It's it, it, like like cold is essentially a disease or like an illness. Illness and disease sometimes go hand in hand. I wouldn't say it's a disease, but I do say it's a problem that a lot of people can't control. So we need to approach it. I, I phrase it, I phrase it as a disease because it's you, you take it if you take it at an objective standpoint where something is harming your body. It is something that your body cannot or will struggle to naturally defeat. So you have to utilize external resources to like, for example, you get a really bad cold, you get prescribed like an IV drip or something to help get your fluids back on track. And so that's the way that it's in, especially in programs, it's described as a disease just because there's the genetic component. But then once you understand that you do have this underlying factor, everything is affected it's not just like people experiencing you know alcoholic uh, addiction are going to have an addiction in basically every aspect of their life like shopping addiction mm-hmm. uh, i mean it applies in the gym more like my I, I took my addiction turned into a productive one into the gym like wh- regardless of what you have you pick up that addiction somewhere else so that's why most programs call it a disease because of that, because it's not just that one thing. It's impacting every aspect of your life. Yeah. I mean, I can understand where that comes from. I think, um, when it comes to addiction, theoretically, the solution is to just stop taking your ingesting, whatever you're, which is really what at the end of the day you do, there are tools to help you. But at the end of the day, 
what needs to happen is your body needs to stop ingesting whatever it's, it's ingesting. Whether that's, you know, through smoking, inhaling, whatever it is that the, the outlet. Um, really, at the end of the day, you just need to stop doing that in order to, to, to drop it. So if you do have that addictive side of things, it is easier to find addiction in things, which is, you know, like that Suboxone issues. To loop back to what I was saying was like, you already have that addiction issue before you even start Suboxone. So starting yeah. something that is addictive while you have an addiction problem just makes it that much easier to get addicted to it. Um, pain pills is another example of that. Uh, it was a great, great gateway drug to other things. Um, if you haven't yet, I highly suggest watching the... Um, the it's a it's a dramatization of how oh my gosh why am i drawing a blank on it the, the big pain <laughs> pill that everybody was addicted to back in the 90s and early 2000s advil N- <laughs> no <laughs> not advil <laughs> i gotta google it now because i i could tell you any other time except for right now it's probably perks no it wasn't that um it was there's an opioid oxycodone or oxycontin yeah so oxycontin there's a there's a dramatization i think it's on netflix about oxycontin it's got the guy from ferris bueller's day off as one of the main characters and it is a dramatization for the most part it's pretty accurate there are some added characters for like the yeah, entertainment side purposes. of things but yeah, yeah every but for the most part the main cast and and main story is actually accurate to what actually happened and that was the problem with oxycontin there's a lot more to it than just simply getting addicted to it but like pharmacies and doctors were incentivized to push heavier dosages on their patients and keeping them on it even when you know theoretically the pain should be gone from something so like that was a first like one of not the first but it's it, it was a, a epidemic when it came to addiction and because of things like Oxycontin, people branch into other things. You know, they start justifying other usage of things like, you know, heroin or Coke or crack or whatever it is. You know, like crack is one of those ones from the 80s. If you've ever watched the show Snowfall, it's a good example of how crack came about. It Skyfall? Yeah, Skyfall. <laughs> James Bond. Um, <laughs> Snowfall is a really good dramatization of the CIA and how crack became an epidemic especially like in la in um you know lower income unfortunately black communities um especially around the la san diego area so it's a dramatization of all of that really interesting show and really where crack came about was cocaine was one of the main drugs at the time you know especially because of like well el chapo i think was involved but who's the other big one from venezuela fucking uh, Medellin, uh, what's his name? Uh, Pablo Escobar. So Pablo Escobar, you know, from the 80s, 70s into the 80s, and so on and so forth. So like cocaine was an issue, but crack was derived from cocaine, I believe, through a certain process of cooking it. So crack was a much cheaper version of cocaine. Um, So people had to resort, people were starting to resort to crack. And then crack is also much, much more addictive than cocaine is. Cocaine is very addictive, but crack is very, very, very addictive. And you have very, very bad withdrawals from it. And it was literally ruining lives left and right. So um, and that's what's going on nowadays with pain pills being cut with fentanyl. Yeah, fentanyl is an issue. 
it adds so much addic- like addictive properties to it, but then mm-hmm. it's extremely dangerous. Oh, it's so dangerous. Like it's like more than like a grain of that shit will kill you. It's mm. insane mm-hmm. how close you how easy it is to die. And you from can't it. tell. Yeah, you have no you idea. You can't tell. That's what that's why with it's so like, dangerous. With with some with some other products, you can tell based on like how it's cut or yeah. like the coloring or something like that, but fentany, nothing. Nothing. Yeah, it doesn't you can't tell. It's a little white powder, typically. Um, and people will lace it on other things to get addicted to it or to make their customers theoretically addicted to it and shit. So mm-hmm. it's pretty wild. And anabolics is not necessarily unlike all of that. You know, there's uh, there are addictive properties to certain things. Like I said, it's not like you're addicted while you're on it. It's more so how you feel when you're off it. So you know, there it does. Well, I would say I would say there's there's addictive properties depending on like if it's a oral piece, if it what the what the base is. If it's an oil base, you're fine. But if it's an alcohol base, then you have the immediate addictive trigger right there i mean so. yeah i mean the suspension can can theoretically play a role but the actual supplements themselves you don't get high from any of it so like that's that's really where yeah. like the addiction doesn't come into play you don't get high from it it's not like you feel it right away it's it's a gradual thing that takes time and then coming off it you just go back to normal and that's when you feel like shit and that's when you know oh, i want to get back on blah 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 so then you get into like the whole, you know, there are companies and people out there that, that sell bad shit that will mess you up. They, they, you know, it's not hundred percent true to quality. Uh, there are sources and resources out there to get these things tested. The people and places that I go for my stuff, um, will send out periodical like testing of certain supplements. So like, for instance, recently I got one, it was an email and they said, okay, we tested these three supplements. These are the ones that we haven't tested the, for the longest amount of time in comparison to everything else. So here's our recent testing and everything was like 99% pure or higher for everything that they had. Um, you know, you're never going to get hundred percent pure. That's no such thing. Um, there's always going to be some sort of like a discrepancy, but as long as you can get as close to 100% as possible, that's what matters. And they're very transparent about that. And, you know, they're like, okay, here's, you know, our tests. They block out all the, any sort of, you know, personal information for the org and, you know, individuals and stuff like that who sent it in. But they'll show, okay, so this is what, this is the lab that ran the test. This is what's in it. You know, this is what we advertise it as. And it's like pretty much on the, on the dot. I'm same with like companies. That's kind of like I was gonna say, Amino Asylum. Yeah, publicly posts theirs. Yeah, typically a lot of Amino Asylum's pro- products they'll actually have one of the photos is the actual lab test for that individual item. So that's the kind of organizations and people you want to support. Um, there are, you know, obviously all this stuffs in gray area and shit like that. Where um, you got like Venmo them money and all of that. Um, that's how Amino Asylum works. You have to Venmo them. Uh, they don't accept Zelle anymore, which is interesting. They do Venmo or Cash App now, so you, <laughs> which means they're another step closer to getting shut down. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. So like you know, there's and then there's there's all these different ways of reaching out to these people through um, dark web resources where things run off Tor, for instance, which sounds scary. It's really it's really not. It's apps you can get on your fucking phone. Um, you know, Proton Mail is one of them. It's a it's a non traceable email platform. Much like Gmail, it's just an email client that you can't trace. It's run through Tor, so it's much harder to trace, stuff like that. And, you know, it's 
there are there's a lot of bro science, a lot of guys out there that will will sell you you know you know bent shit that isn't true to what they're saying it is, and that's how people get hurt. So it's the people that really actually get hurt out there are giving shit that they're not being told about, and that's what gets also a bad rap in the community is that for those that are serious about competing or serious about taking this shit, there are safe sources out there and there are safe ways of taking things and doing things and um, getting them from your local gym guy out of his gym bag is not the way to do it. You really should be doing it from a reputable source. So I actually have a pretty funny story, piggy piggybacking off of that. Yeah, go ahead. I had a, I had a kid I was teaching come up to me and oh, say, God. Hey, and hey, no, I, uh, I, I, I took steroids and I was like, all right, let's, let's, <laughs> let's unpack this. What are you talking about? And he's like, I was at the gym and my buddy was like, Hey, I'll give you one of these. And he's talking about a syringe, like an injectable syringe, not oral syringe. Yeah. He's like, I'll sell you one of these. It's and he said it, it was testosterone for a hundred bucks. Holy <laughs> and, shit! And he and he was like, he was like, yeah, I pinned it right here. <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> like as in he just went like this, like he was playing Call of Duty and fucking. And I was like, there are so many things wrong with this. One, no way that was test. Two. You paid a hundred bucks for a single, what, like, what, maybe, if it was test, maybe what, a hundred megs, maybe. <laughs> I mean, it it depends, but, like, let's say. But, yeah. it Yeah, there's so many variables, how full the syringe yeah. was, what the milligrams per milliliter was, stuff like that. But, like, either way, he's getting And then you also <laughs> injected upper shoulder. <laughs> Which and he was and, and his reasoning was because I want I wanted to go in my arms. <laughs> Jeez, that's like the people so. who wear like the those like sweat waistbands. I want to burn the fat <laughs> off my belly, so I'm wearing this sweat waistband. Hey, targeted sweat is real. <laughs> <laughs> it's not real. It is made up. It is a fairy tale. Yeah, that's fucking. That's messed up. That's how people get hurt yeah they don't know what the hell they're taking that could be that could just be water or that could be dirty water too that could be a dirty syringe who the fuck knows what's in that thing so i had a very long conversation with them and yeah and then when we got into the scientific side of why you should never touch stuff like that and it was i turned into a real good conversation but my god i hope he was lying <laughs> yeah i really hope there's there's yeah there's not some truth behind that you know because that would be yeah. that's fucked and that's that's exactly what I'm talking about. Like it's like that. This is this is where this is why the government stepped in and made it illegal. Shit like this. Um, it used to be prescribed. Used to be, you used to be able to just use it as prescription for certain things. But then it became an abuse platform or way to abuse things, and people could start getting hurt, and it became a problem. But I mean, it's like the movie Pain and Gain with Mark Wahlberg and Dwayne Johnson and all that. Like they're like shooting up in the locker room, like muscle juice. It said like muscle juice on hold, it. Hold on, I can't think. I gotta get a quick pump. <laughs> yeah, like that's none of that. I mean, it's it's based off a true story, but like that's so fabricated. Like it's like this dude's like injecting. He's like, oh, it's like that's not how it works. <laughs> and on top of that, nobody's just like pinning in the locker room because this shit's illegal. Like even back in the like late '90s or whatever it was that that was from. Like, it's just still illegal back then. Like, you don't just, like, pin that shit in the locker room. Yeah. And it's not just, like, this gigantic bottle of muscle juice. And they were doing the wrong site. It was just so many things wrong with that. And 
and then yeah i need to get a quick pump it's like that's not how that works it's just there's so many things wrong with that you know obviously everybody involved knew all that mark Wahlberg knows about that shit especially dwayne johnson he knew all that shit's bullshit so hey 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 no one's ever asked dwayne about that (laughs) you can't you can't you gotta sign a bullshit sheet about that we gotta get him on the show and just break it just first question uh what are you pitting (laughs) you just like you just like you pull those like what are those uh, like cop strategies where you're just like oh like what's your training split what are you training right now like what's (laughs) your your mom know you're gay yeah yeah exactly like shit like that (laughs) like like what's your rep count like how many sets are you doing how many makes a test are you taking what's your what's your calorie count and just like rattle them off like he doesn't realize it and he'd be like oh 400 fuck (laughs) i didn't say that that wasn't real that was not me. Hold on, gotta check my phone. Wait a minute. <laughs> oh, you almost got me, you sneaky bugger. Uh, yeah, no, it's he fucking. For for reference, guys, if you look at Dwayne Johnson's physique at fifty whatever years old, that is not a natural physique at fifty oh, no, whatever no. years old. No, no, no outlier in humanity can reach that at fifty something years old. Not even Plato. And I'm going off the meme you sent me where there's a thing Paul sent me earlier in the week where apparently, in, according to some historical text, Plato, like the old Greek philosopher, would end con- or end arguments by just flexing. Yeah, I forget what that was talking about. I, I forget. But yeah, something like that. It was like he... Plato, your argument makes no sense. Yeah, it just says. <laughs> um, yeah, they said something about that. It was like flexing or... Like he would do something, I forget what it was. He'd pose or whatever the hell it was, just to mess with them. So I sent that to him. It's just like, what a fucking G, what an absolute <laughs> Chad, just flexing on him. Uh, yeah, no, Dwayne Johnson's not at all. There is the the what what I was referencing to he, Dwayne Johnson before like interviews and shit. He actually has his lawyers and all that have people sign a paper basically saying like these are the topics you're not going to bring up during the interview, and. Supposedly. And there's like serious legal repercussions yeah. if you if you break that. So I guess supposedly you can't like people have come out and said like what that sheet says. So I guess there's no like NDA regarding what that sheet says because then they wouldn't be able to come out and say it. But people have said that like yeah I signed something that said I can't bring up steroids at all. Like mm. you know even if they didn't plan on it, you still have to get that signed to be like yeah this I will not ask about this, which. I, but unfortunately, just having that record of the of the document doesn't actually prove anything. Mm-hmm. It's because, you know, it could be just like a overarching thing that, like, for example, if there was some natural dude who's just been asked so many times throughout his life and he's just sick and tired of it. So it mm-hmm. doesn't actually prove anything, but us who are well understanding what a natural body looks like can pretty easily be like, that's, eh, something's not right yeah, there. exactly. So... That's, I mean, there's plenty of people talking, you know, this is what he could be taking, shit like that. But, yeah, he, I understand why he doesn't want to talk about it. We've talked about that before, too, like his brand and all of that. Um, it's just as an influencer, you can't really, you got to take all of it with a grain of salt just because he's not, he's not natural at all. So mm-hmm. there's, there are, that that's also why we're transparent about shit is because, why not? You know, I mean, it's if you start transparent from the beginning, people are going to show you a lot more respect. And like, that's why I like Rich Piana was so respected too, even when he said the N word in that one video. <laughs> that was so funny. I forget that he said that. 
somebody was like, tell, tell yeah. Eubanks to say this and see what happens. But, um, yeah. Well, Eubanks isn't even transparent. No. There's a video that came out, I don't know, it must have been, at this point, it must have been close to five, six months ago, but he's breaking down his his lab result, and he's like, and he's, you know, my natural lab result, and he's like, yeah, my my test is pretty high. It's like eight, 900, something like that. And that's high for like pinning standards, not even natural well, standards. Uh, depends on what you're talking about. If you're talking about total test, that's in the normal range. 800 to 900 nanograms is normal. Naturally, I was just under 600. But if you're talking free test, fuck no, absolutely not. My free test. That's my point. Yeah. My free test at like my max, one of my max amounts of tests, my free test was around, I think, I want to say it was around 700 nanograms, which is a fucking shit ton. So your free test yeah. supposedly is actually what translates into muscle gains. So your free test, the higher that is, the more progress you're going to make, shit like that, right? So when you're getting your blood tests done, your free test is kind of what you want to look at in a way. I mean, you want to look at your total test too. But when people say, oh, what's your free test at? Stuff like that. That's the reason why is because that's kind of what translates into gains. Um, so if he was saying his, it was normal to have free tests at that level, there's no fucking way. He'd have to be on a shit ton of tests in order to get his free test up that high. I'd have to look into that video. I haven't seen that yet. But um, total Coach test. Coach Greg breaks it down. Yeah, I got to look that <laughs> up. Total test, I could see that be normal. I know I've heard stories of guys being natural being at like 1200 nanograms which is outside the healthy range and that's why these guys make so many gains naturally is because their testosterone is just so high naturally um that's yeah. more than double what my natural test was so it makes sense why those guys can make gains um, free test no way there's just no way um so i'd have to look into something like that and see what greg was talking about regarding that there was one video recently greg posted and it was just like what did he post? I got to look it up. I didn't watch it because I'm like, I can't take this seriously. There's no way. Oh, it was, he was talking about the body. It was five years old. He was talking about body positivity versus fitness influencer uh, Jubilee video. It was five years old though. So I did watch it earlier. It was, it was fucking heavily skewed, but I can't take Greg, uh, Greg Doucette very serious anymore. He kind of went in the direction of like clickbaity controversial kind of shit rather than what he yeah. used to be, which is more informational. So I can't my believe. thing is like I was I was so opposed to his voice early on, but now it's grown on me, and I don't. It's not that I don't think it's ridiculous; it's that I just don't mind it anymore. Yeah. So that's fair. He that's not his actual voice either. Like he he purposely does that because there's videos where he'll be like in public talking to people, and he'll have a normal ass like deep voice. Like it's yeah. just he has a normal voice. It's just in the videos he doesn't he doesn't have that voice. I do miss um how much i gotta look it up here come on how much more plates more dates used to post he doesn't post much anymore and when he does it's usually like full episodes of podcasts and shit that he's on um yeah i do i miss the hell out of more plates more dates let me look it up wait where are we at more plates more dates i haven't checked in a while but like he posted 13 days ago a clip from a podcast Two weeks ago, a full podcast, and then he posted a month ago talking about minoxidil um, hair growth results, where he would um, he actually was using the super thin needle, 
kind of thing. But like he posts like once a month at this point outside of like podcasts that he's on, which I understand he's got other business shit going on, but I miss how much he used to post like once a week or once every couple of weeks. But like he's posted in the past four months, he's posted eight videos and three of them. So two of them were from one podcast and three of the videos were from one video. So, okay. Three videos were from podcasts and three videos were like time sensitive information. One of them was Joe aesthetics passing away. Another one was C bomb talking about how he'll never take trend. And another one was Logan Paul calling out Derek. It was like almost a three hour video. Like those three are pretty time sensitive. And then three others were actually podcasts that he was on. So six of those videos weren't like planned content, you know? Yeah. So like really out of the past four months, he's had two videos where he posted just what he used to post. So, you know, kind of just talking about certain things. And I kind of missed that. But yeah, Greg and Derek used to have partnerships here and there about shit but yeah greg i don't really watch too much anymore it's just too mine's just if he pops up in the snapchat algorithm then i'll i'll watch a video like on my lunch break or something like that yeah i don't i, I mean I, I just saw that randomly out of just like suggested or whatever in like my suggested on, on youtube but that's that's literally it yeah I, I i wish he wasn't as controversial or talking about controversial shit as much as he as he used to Somebody that you guys should check out, especially if you're on the beginner to intermediate side of, of training is Johnny Shreve. He has really good training content and he, he's, you know, he, he starts his day, his every video is, Hey, is Johnny Shreve here? Mr. Tell it like it is. And he really does kind of tell it like it is sometimes when it comes to training, he'll call out professional bodybuilders. I mean, he's a pro himself, but he'll call out professional bodybuilders and be like, yeah, he you know, he's clearly something's working, but he could be doing a lot better if he's doing this. You know, like he'll do videos yeah. about Tristan Lee and Bradley Martin and shit like that where it's like, yeah, theoretically, like clearly it's working for him. But at the same time, you know, he can be making much more gains if he does this. And so like he's a really good for like beginner to intermediate side of things. I don't really learn much from a lot of videos that he talks about. It's a lot of stuff that I already kind of know when he's talking about it. It just kind of reinforces some of my information that I know, but He's a good, he's a good uh, source for some more information, some more bite-sized content, <laughs> but yeah, it's just, the space is just changing. You know, Sam Sulik is really taking over, which is fucking crazy. He is, I have noticed that he is kind of dying down right now. I don't see a lot of Sam Sulik memes anymore. Yeah. Um, well, I think he's taking on a, like a, like he's got more partnerships and he's more professional about it now. So I think yeah. like that's kind of why we're losing some of the goofy stuff, but there's still goofy stuff all over the place. Yeah. Like I, you saw when he, his first day at that new training facility and he broke the tricep machine on his warm up. Oh yeah. That was a, that was a bit ago, but that was so funny. Like, he, but he just looks at, he's like, <laughs> he's like, Oh shit. <laughs> but no, it's people were talking about how, like I saw that video and it was, it was the leverage of what he was doing. It was the way he was leveraging the cable. That's why it ended up yeah. breaking. And on top of that, when it comes to cables, people don't talk about it ever. You're not supposed to add weight to the full stack, technically, because that's the full stack. I mean, granted, the cable could theoretically hold more than the full stack, but the full stack is supposed to be like, this is the max weight you're supposed to do on this cable machine. There's a reason there's yeah, a full it's, stack. It's like, it's like when you're fishing and you have a, a like a like your line is weighted for a specific weight and you, exactly. you have a fish that catches that's bigger. You can try and reel it in, but there's a chance that fish is just going to take your your lure and just 
dip. Yeah, you know exactly. And those cables are built, like you were saying, for the weight that they have on yeah. it, or the weight is built in reverse. So like they might have like a cable, but then they're like, okay, this thing can hold up to two hundred pounds. Let's do like up to one hundred and fifty to have like some some leeway there. So when you're adding weight to a stack, you're you're much more at risk of ripping it. When it comes to cables, belt driven shit typically can handle a lot more. So that, mm. if you see anything that's belt driven, um, you're, you're most likely going to be fine if you put more weight on there. But like that Prime machine, Prime is a great company. They have really high quality shit. But he had the arm all the way like super far out angled and he was coming at it at a weird angle. So the cable was leveraged in a weird way. Um, obviously, cables are flexible in the way they're bending, but like he... When you're doing tricep pushdowns, you want the cable to be like basically straight up above you and pulling it straight down. He's pulling it at a weird angle, so the the cable's getting all you know bent and shit and twisted a different way that it than it should be for the weight that he's leveraging. And he also he's probably adding more weight to it, you know. So yeah, when he broke it, people are like, "Oh, this new equipment's so cheap and bullshit. It's so easy to break. The old equipment isn't." It's like no, it's that's really good equipment actually. Probably <laughs> very high quality shit. It's just Sam yeah. puts way too much weight on the cable stack and is going to eventually rip it. That's how this shit breaks. But also there's wear and tear too. You know, over time, there's going to be wear and tear. There's, you know, one, because it's it's braided metal wiring. So if a wire breaks, that's now, le- it can now hold less, you know, and then it's easier for another wire to break because there's one less wire in that section. Um, it's like when you're watching a movie and like a rope starts to rip. The more it rips, the faster it rips because there's less actual threads to hold weight. So it's exponential. So it's like when I saw it's funny to see him break it. And that's one of the risks <laughs> of owning a gym is that your equipment's going to need it's going to break at some point. But yeah, if people are just trashing on the equipment, they're like, it's so bad. It's so cheap. It's like, dude, it's not. It's fucking Sam Sulik we're talking about. Like, come on. Yeah. Like, look at who's doing that. <laughs> you know, it's not the <laughs> average Joe Schmo who's breaking the equipment. It's Sam probably stacking up the weight on it. But I'll I'll end on on one story related to that. I brought my my girlfriend to Van, and uh, we were do, for for back day doing reverse pec decks. Yeah. <laughs> and I I put her on this on the sticky one, the one that will grab a weight and then just drop it. The red, um, isn't it the red and white one? Yeah. yeah. That's so annoying. <laughs> and. I told her about it and it still freaked her out. She was like, Oh, did I break something? I was like, Nope, it just grabbed a weight. And that's why that one felt heavier. And then yeah, you a little bit drop lighter. Off. You're like, wow. All right. It's yeah. all in the mind. There's, I'm too strong. There is um, <laughs> something I forgot to mention one time. So this is a few weeks ago. I was doing the hack squat and I was going to failure 12, 10, eight. And I think this is like, this is when I was three on one off, two on one off. So this is, or three on one off. So this is like quite a few weeks ago. So I was doing till failure and I went to failure in my mind. What was failure? What felt like failure? And then I looked, I was missing a whole fucking plate on one side. I'm like, <laughs> it's all in my head. All of it's in my head. I'm like, this is so fucking yep. mental because I thought I had the weight that I normally would have on there. And I actually theoretically added weight to what I did last time. So I was like, I should fail sooner, but let's try to aim for you know, eight, you know, if I got nine last week, I was like, let's try to aim for eight. Let's just hit eight or something. Yeah. And I got like eight or whatever. And I was like dying. Right. But then I'm like, fuck, actually I wasn't even close to the weight I was hitting last week. So it was hmm. all in the mind, you know, it's, it's all mental. It's all fucking mental. And that's why I always say that when I'm training with people, I'm like, it's in your mind, it's in your mind, it's all in your mind. You just got to push. And especially when I'm training the people who I, I know are also on shit, it's like, it really is actually mental. 
Um, your body, when you're taking shit, can push so much fucking harder than normal. Um, you have to push yourself that much harder, which I've talked about before. The recovery, like my recovery shit right now, I'm sore all the time. I'm exhausted. Like my chest will be sore after just like a normal ass chest day. Like my chest is sore right now from yesterday's chest day or Friday's chest day. I mean, um, no, no, it was yesterday. Yeah, it was yesterday morning. Um, yesterday's chest day, my back gets sore. Like I got back day later today. So like my back will be sore probably the next couple of days. Um, but like when you're taking shit, you don't realize how good your recovery is. And you have to, because of your recovery being much better, you have to hit harder and more often at the gym. Um, and because of that, you can, because you can increase the intensity, you need to lift heavier. You need to lift heavier to make it actually worth it. So when you're taking shit, you need to push yourself. And that's why I'm like, people are like, oh, it's just a magic pill. It's like, dude, I almost guarantee you anybody who actually knows what they're doing and is on shit is training way harder than you've ever fucking trained in your life. Yep. Sam did say, I'll, I'll kind of wrap it up on this. Sam said, there's a really good message. I don't know if we talked about this before, but I, he said, um, when he's like, if you're ever in the gym and you have a really good set and you know, you're doing squats or bench or whatever it is, and you just push yourself really fucking hard and you somehow get the full set and you just drove your entire nervous system into the ground and you hit that set and then you're done and you get back up on the, you get the weight back on the rack or whatever. And you're just like, wow, that was fucking badass. Like that was sick. You now have like a goal for each set. Now you're like, let's try to hit that intensity next time. And eventually you get to the point where like that level of intensity is now like your bottom level and you'll have a new version of like what's considered badass to you. So like, he's like, when you keep doing that and your intensity gets stronger or higher and your volume gets higher and all of that, all of a sudden you're at a whole separate fucking level of training than you used to be. And mm -hmm. like that could have been more true. The way that I train, I mean, now it's kind of, it's a little half-assing just cause I don't have the energy, but like, when I was on shit, like I trained, I didn't realize that I trained so fucking hard and like, I would like, it's the way I train is the way my body needs to train. But when I would train it, with other people, I don't realize how hard I push myself until I train with other people. Like when I did in Massachusetts, when I came back up in August, like I was training with people, mm -hmm. I'm like, fuck, I really do push it hard. Like when I'm training, they're like, wow, you're doing all that weight. I'm like, I just do. It's just matter of fact, you know? It's interesting to see that, but that's why I say, like, I almost guarantee you if they know what they're doing on anabolics, they're pushing way fucking harder than anybody's, you know, than 99.9% .9 of people in there. And they should be for a reason. Yeah. But with that being said, we just had a good, uh, good shit talking episode today, huh? <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. We, uh, we didn't really have any plan going into today's episode and figured out. Just some testing a new software. Yeah. Just want to test it out. See how it works. Um, just kind of shot the shit today. Talked about random shit. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Probably next time we upload, we'll have another uh, bodybuilder to talk about or influencer. We know that you guys like that series. So we'll try to upload that more. Um, maybe like once every other episode or something. Um, we'll, yeah. we'll have an influencer episode, but we appreciate you guys listening. Cool. All right, everybody. All right. We'll see you guys. Peace.